Well, we got our wish with the lines. A familiar face returns to the Minnesota Wild lineup tonight. We'll look at the line combinations, plus how the Vancouver Canucks managed to blow a lead in their four games this year. All that and more today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, you can find our show anywhere you listen to your podcast for absolutely no charge. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we discuss the lineup changes for the Minnesota Wild as Jordan Greenway is going to make his return to the lineup. We'll look at how the line combos look now, and we will preview tonight's game against the Vancouver Canucks. My name is Seth Topal, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, and we got what we wanted in a couple of different ways as reinforcements are set to help the Minnesota Wild as early as tonight. As Jordan Greenway has been cleared to return to the lineup, he will take his rightful place on the grief line, and uh, that has led to a little bit of a line juggle. Uh, for tonight's game against the Vancouver Canucks. So let's look at what we've got for line combos as of practice. Uh, Michael Russo tweeting out yesterday, the practice lines for the Wild included the familiar look of Kirill Kaprizov, Ryan Hartman, and Matt Zuccarello, Jordan Greenway, Jewel Eriksson-Eck, and Marcus Foligno, Freddie Goudreau, Marco Rossi, and Matt Boldy, and then a combination on the fifth, uh, fourth line of Tyson Jost, Sam Steele, Brandon Duhame, and Connor Dewar. Mason Shaw was practicing with the team yesterday, but he was sent back to Iowa uh, because of the fact that um, with Jordan Greenway returning, there is uh, no longer a spot for him on the Wild roster. Uh, Dean Evison noting that he played well um, in the game against Colorado, but ultimately they want to get Marco Rossi back into the lineup as we all do. And so we're going to get the opportunity to see Marco Rossi on the line with Matt Boldy and Freddie Goudreau. So we get the grief line back first and foremost, and we're going to see the impact that this has on the Wilds' defense because I think it was undersold just how important that uh, grief line is to this Wilds overall team defense. One of the hardest lines to score on in the entirety of the NHL. And so now you have that back to be able to deploy against the top line of the opponents to allow the defense to focus more of their attention on uh, just the other team in general and not having to worry about trying to shut down particular players. So now if you've got that grief line at full humming on full speed, then whoever is out there for deep pairings can worry about trying to stop a particular player, or just keeping an eye on things in general, as opposed to having to be the ones to handle all the defense uh, that the team is playing. Not to say 
that anybody else out there any particular time is not great at defense, but it's the bread and butter of the grief line. And so they're going to get a chance to get right back to what they do best to, uh, to help this team in the long run. And so you're getting the grief line matching up against the top line of the opponent every night that they get an opportunity to do that, which then means that Kirill Kaprizov and his line get their opportunities against a second line or the Matt Boldy line gets their opportunities against a third line, so on and so forth. It allows the team to exploit mismatches elsewhere in the lineup by knowing that that grief line is going to get the top line of the opponent. Uh, this is going to put everything back into play as uh, as we expected to see at the start of the season. So welcome back, Jordan Greenway. We touched on it midway through the game against the Los Angeles Kings. Um, on Twitter, I did, I should say, that uh, if you want an indicator as to how important Jordan Greenway is to this lineup, take a look at how the team plays when he's not on it. And so he's back. We get a chance to see that. We get a chance to see Marco Rossi on uh, likely the Matt Boldy line. So a lot of things starting to round into form for the Minnesota Wild, and now all that's left is to translate it into wins for this team. Now, the other piece of news is that John Merrill is ready to return, but the anticipation is, uh, the expectation is that Merrill will probably play on Saturday in Boston and that Alex Goligoski will get another opportunity so that he can get career game played number 1,000 in front of the home fans. And then he'll probably go to a bench role um, as a fill-in whenever needed. But with John Merrill taking his spot on that third-line pairing uh, to try to restore some order to the decor there as well. So it ended up being less than we expected. Uh, in Greenway's case, uh, the initial timetable was between 5 and 10 games into the season. We get Jordan Greenway back at 4, which is huge for this team. And we get John Merrill back probably at game five. So right at pace there. So a lot of good news for this team. uh, Getting those guys back and being able to put them into the lineup. We will keep a clear eye on how the team defense does to see the effects of Jordan Greenway back in the lineup for this team. So good news on the roster front. The opponent tonight, as mentioned, the Vancouver Canucks and... uh, They are having a weird season, to say the least. So we'll start our preview of the Vancouver Canucks game by looking at just exactly how the Canucks have managed to blow four multi-goal leads so far this season. And uh, that is on the way next here on Locked on Wild. Today's episode of Locked on Wild is brought to you by BetOnline.net. They are your number one source for betting with football and the start of the new NBA season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, plus news, even podcasts and in-depth analysis on every game there is. And as always, BetOnline.net remains your continued source for all of your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, MMA, 
boxing, golf, the NHL season, the NBA season, plus the NFL season, and college football. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends and all the action. You can find all that, and that's just the tip of the iceberg, at Bet Online, where the game starts. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild, once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen of the day, make sure you check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast, giving you a full look at the wide world of sports in under 30 minutes or less. Locked on Sports Today is free and available wherever you listen to your podcast. And just a note for Locked on Wild listeners, we've added another spot that you can listen to both Locked on Wild and the other great Locked on Minnesota shows, Roku and Amazon Fire TV. Just download the Locked on Sports Minnesota app today on either platform to get started listening to your favorite Locked on Sports Minnesota shows 24-7 and free of charge. Again, that is the Locked on Sports Minnesota app on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. I'm going to hit you with a number to start things off as we look ahead to the Vancouver Canucks tonight. Two of 17. The Vancouver Canucks power play on the season so far is 2 of 17. And let me tell you that they had 8 of those power play opportunities in a single game. So to say that Vancouver is having a weird season is probably not doing it justice. This is a Vancouver team that is as frustrated as we are uh, at how things have gone so far for them this year. Um, having a multi-goal lead in every single game they've played and just one point to show for it. So looking at the numbers overall and Vancouver with that 11.8% power play, their penalty kill is at 57% on the season, which is second to last to the Chicago or the Colorado Avalanche on the season so far. Now, granted, the Wilds' penalty kill is not much better, but this is a Vancouver team that has specialized so far this season in shooting themselves in the foot to make things way more difficult than they need to be on the season. I should also mention that Vancouver has also given up a shorthanded goal on the season so far. So let's look at it. They led... Early on, and this appears to be a Vancouver team that is really good at getting out to an early lead, but obviously not great at holding it. They led 2-0 after one against Columbus. Columbus was able to get a a goal in the second period to make it 2-1, then tie it up at 2-2. Vancouver then takes the lead at at, uh, 3-2. Columbus ties it up 3-3. And then the Blue Jackets win in overtime 4-3 to three in the first game of the season for either team. Uh, the Canucks were 0-3 on the power play in that game. They got worked in the faceoff circle. They gave up the shorthanded goal uh, as well. And uh, 
It's not a good start to the season for uh, Bruce's boys in Vancouver. Let's go to the Washington Capitals game. The Canucks able to break this one open in the second period when they scored three times to take a 4-2 lead into the third. They then proceed to give up four goals in the third period, and they end up losing by a score of 6-4. to four. Uh, Just one power play opportunity for the Canucks in this one. They capitalize on it. Vancouver, uh, the Capitals go 2-3 of three on the power play themselves, but again, two-goal lead into the third. They give up four goals in the third period, and uh, that ends up being the... Um, that ends up being the nail in the coffin for the Canucks in that game. And it was a power play goal just into the third period, and then three other goals after that, um, and just not great. None of them were empty netters either. So the uh, Capitals did a good job of taking care of business there without allowing the Canucks the opportunity to uh, try to come back and figure it out. So 6-4 loss there. 2-0 lead against the Philadelphia Flyers in the third game of the season. After one period, again, an early start for the Vancouver Canucks as they scored 1 minute 34 seconds into the game. And uh, this one was ugly because the Canucks were 0-5 for 5 on the power play. They did allow a power play goal themselves. Vancouver scored shorthanded, um, and ultimately the Flyers get the lone goal in the third period to win that game 3-2. to two. So again, another early lead and another blown lead by this Vancouver team. And then you have the game against the Edmonton Oilers, in which, again, Vancouver out to a 2-0 lead. Let's check and see when they scored in that one, they scored a minute forty-eight, a minute forty-nine seconds into that game, and then they scored at the two forty mark to make it two-zero. So, right out of the gate, again another two-zero lead, and another game in which they give up two goals in the third period to uh, end up losing by a score of five to three. And in this one, Vancouver had eight power play opportunities. There were a combined 12 penalties in this game. Eight power play opportunities for Vancouver, and they capitalize on one of them. Folks, this team is a mess. This Vancouver team is in a bad place to start the season. And just look at this for what Edmonton did to them down the stretch in the second and third period. In the second period, they get a power play goal from Dreisaitl, a power play goal from Connor McDavid, a shorthanded goal from Darnell Nurse. Then uh, they get another McDavid goal with uh, under five minutes to play in the third. And in the last 30 seconds of the third period, Connor McDavid completes the hat trick with an empty netter to seal it. So a team that's bad on the power play, bad on the penalty kill, they can get to you early, but after that, 
it is rough going for them both defensively and on the goalies as well. Thatcher Demko, so far this season, 0-3. His goals allowed average is 4.48. Save percentage of 847. He's allowed 13 goals in three games. And then Spencer Martin got a start as well. He lost in overtime um, with an 879 save percentage. Four goals allowed in his start. So uh, his goals against average was 3.79. They're allowing four and a half goals per game, which would be eye-opening if not for the fact that the Wild are averaging, giving up just under 6.7 goals per game. So this is what we hope a get-right game for the Minnesota Wild because they're going to be playing this one at home. They get some key pieces back, and they're playing a Vancouver team that seems to be coming apart at the seams uh, coming into this game. So there is potential here for a lot to go right, but as we saw through the first three games of the season, all it takes is lackluster goaltending to completely unravel everything. Uh, right in front of the home fans. So Vancouver is not in a good spot. Four multi-goal leads blown in the first four games of the season. And so what does it come down to for the Minnesota Wild? Well, we'll talk about that to finish today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. And once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, make sure you're checking out the Locked on Sports Today podcast to get the whole lowdown on everything going on throughout the world of sports in 30 minutes or less. Locked on Sports Today is available wherever you listen to your podcast at absolutely no charge. Let's talk about what needs to happen for the Wilds in this one today. Um, I could obviously go real simple and just say good goaltending, good defense, but we're not going to do that, of course. I think with as many good weapons as this Canucks team has, you've obviously got the likes of JT Miller, you have Elias Pettersson, you have Bo Horvat, you have Brock Besser, you have just a bunch of names. Andre Kuzmenko, Ilya Mikhaev, uh, just so many names of different players that can wreck you. This is a this is a team that is constructed well, but on the defensive end is where things start to fall apart. You've got that top pairing obviously of Quinn Hughes and Luke Shen. Then you've got Oliver Ekman Larson, Tyler Myers. So there are some good defensive pieces there, but this team, much like the Wild, has struggled with the effort level on the defensive side of the ice. And so the Minnesota Wild need to take advantage of that. They also need to take advantage of a team that is very has the large tendency to put other teams on the power play. And that's been the one spot so far that the Wilds have really excelled in, is that top power play unit. So 
let Vancouver make mistakes and put you on the power play and capitalize on it uh, to uh, to put this one in hand. It would be nice. I would be perfectly fine with the Wilds being the fifth game that the Canucks were able, were not able to hold a multi-goal lead in and have that be the way that the Wilds um, end up getting their first win of the season. But how about we use some of the script that Vancouver has used so far in the season with an early score or two to take control of this game and to allow this team to uh, kind of get some tension out of their system to play with a lead and hold it to get some confidence back in them by, uh, by leading this one and not relinquishing it like Vancouver has so far this season. It's not going to be easy. Obviously, a key point in this is how the centers fare in this game tonight. We don't know necessarily what the fourth line is going to look like. I would imagine it ends up being Steele, Jost, and either Duhame or Dewar um, here this evening. So you want to see some good things from that fourth line. We need to see... Ryan Hartman be back to his old self in this one. Um, Getting back on the top line with Kirill Kaprizov. Show some of that skill from last year. Leave the frustration off the ice. And limit the turnovers, limit the bad penalties, and everything will work itself out. But the the big line that we're going to be keeping an eye on all night is Boldy Rossi Goudreau. Want to see what Marco Rossi looks like with Matt Boldy on his line to show off some of that playmaking ability and to give this team that second scoring punch that they had down the stretch last year, which made them so dangerous. Get that second line scoring to uh, be able to take some pressure off of everybody else, off the Kaprizov line, off the rest of the team, off the defense. Second scoring line to go with the Kaprizov line is going to do this team a lot of good. And so hopefully they can find that here in this one tonight. And then the grief line getting back out there. Let's see them do their thing uh, against some of these names for Vancouver and shut them down so that the defense can kind of get its legs back under it uh, here in this one. And you know, in the event that you do end up Having to go on the penalty kill, this is a good opportunity for a get-right game for the Wild PK with a Canucks power play that is inept at scoring power play goals at this point through the season. So this has all the makings of a get-right game for the Minnesota Wild. Getting their identity line back. Getting good news that they're getting another defenseman that can take the spot of Alex Goligoski back. You're playing a team that even if you fall behind by a couple of goals, they don't know what to do with that. So it has all the makings of a get-right game. But as we watch what happened last night to the Colorado Avalanche with Gorgiev getting um, thwomped by the Winnipeg Jets, You see that happen. You see what happened to Cal Peterson against this team 
when Marc-Andre Fleury couldn't stop shots from basically the top of the zone. We can say all this about how this can go right, this can go right, this can go right, this can go right, and it can all completely unravel if the goaltending's not up to snuff. I would imagine Marc-Andre Fleury gets the start here this evening. Haven't seen anything announced about that yet. If he does what he has done through the first two games of the season again, and we've now got the pieces back that we were missing, the defense looks better, all that stuff looks better, then it ain't on the defense at that point. So he needs a much better showing. The goaltending collectively needs a much better showing or Bill Guerin is going to have to start looking for some way to assist the goalies um, at this point in the season, already f- four games in. Um, if, if it doesn't improve and we now have all the other pieces back that we were looking for, so that can't be the reason, then they're going to have to do something. So, a lot to keep an eye on here in this one tonight, but uh, the big stat to remember is that this is a Vancouver team that through four games has a lot that's not going right for them. So this is an opportunity for the Wild to add to that as opposed to then them becoming Vancouver after a loss, having a ton of things that have gone wrong for them. So take advantage of the get-right game, and uh, we'll see you on the other side. That is going to wrap it up for today's episode of Locked on Wild. Again, now that your first listen of the day is done, make sure you check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast to get the full lowdown on everything going on throughout the wide world of sports in 30 minutes or less. Locked on Sports Today is available wherever you listen to your podcasts, just like our show. Follow us on YouTube, hit subscribe, and turn those notifications on so you don't miss out on any of our videos throughout the week. Also, follow us on your favorite podcast platforms so that you don't miss out on any Minnesota Wild-related news throughout the course of the week. We are keeping you up to date with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Lockdown Sports Podcast Network.